The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Busy week for the Chiefs ahead of their Week 8 contest against the Denver Broncos. So plenty to get you caught up on in today's show. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show, discussing their marinated takeaways from the Chiefs' Week 7 win over the Chargers. After that, we'll catch up with Al Structure, breaking down and highlighting the impressive play of the Chiefs' defense through seven weeks. After that, it's the Great British Chiefs show, breaking down the latest edition of the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs Coast to Coast, previewing this contest between the Denver Broncos. Second time in three weeks, the Chiefs will take on their division rival. After that, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK, discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball to make sure they leave Denver with a win on Sunday. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. It takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here uh, on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. John, we're almost halfway through the season, but not, not quite yet. We're at seven games in. Uh, that means nowadays there are ten games to go. Uh, but we're approaching it. We're approaching that halfway point. The Chiefs 6-1 and one after their 31-17 to 17 victory over the L.A. Chargers. They are alone at the top of the AFC West, like three or four games ahead, seven weeks in. Uh, and they are at the top of the AFC by a game. So good times in, in Kansas City. Let's zone in on this game, though. It's time for marinated takeaways. John, I always let you go first. We will continue that trend now. And some deeper takeaways, because you actually got to see the live all 32 for a change. What do you, what do you have for us? <laughs> well, uh, I don't 22. know that there'll be I said 32, 22, all 22. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there'll be that much uh, more, uh, uh, quantitative, but, uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm going to end up putting it right back to you and compliment you on your takes about Rashi rice in the last couple of weeks, because he really does to me look like the guy who's going to be the big, the big guy in this offense uh, over the next few seasons. Um, I got that impression a lot more yesterday than I did watching television. 
Okay. Um, I was gonna. So, add, I, yeah, I was gonna ask you because my my takeaways start when, and I was gonna be very clear here. I was right about something, and I was wrong about something, and I was gonna ask you what you know what you wanted me to say first. So I, I'm gonna take the baton and say yes. I was extremely right about the Chiefs not needing a receiver. I said give it time. I said Rasheed Rice is a guy that can gain separation. He's gained the trust of the quarterback. And by the way, they have a receiver type in this tight end that everyone seems to forget. The Chargers did it too. Why? How do the Broncos and the Chargers forget that Travis Kelsey exists coming into this game? Man, I don't get that at all. Yeah. I just look at the Chiefs and, and if you change the word receiver and tight end to weapon number one, and I, I know that the constant critique is, yeah, well, what if Travis Kelsey were to go down? He's 34. He's going to retire. He's made it very clear early on here after he's gotten through these injuries that there is no slowing down in 2023. As a matter of fact, I think Miss Taylor has gotten him some pep in his step. I think he might even look better than he did last year. <laughs> and so the Chiefs have weapon one established. So you look around the league and other teams, weapon one is a wide receiver. So let's take the Bengals, for example. That's Jamar Chase. The Bengals could ask themselves the same question. What would we be doing if we didn't have Jamar Chase? What right. would we be doing if we didn't have Tyree Kill? That is such a hypothetical that you can give to any team in the league. Right now, the Chiefs are built around a tight end. Their receivers are good enough beyond weapon one, and they only stand to get better because they're young. You're seeing Rice and what he can do. He's clearly the best option beyond Travis Kelsey. If Marquez can, can put, continue to put in efforts like he did yesterday, and then you kind of divvy up the rest of the targets between, yeah, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, McCole Hardman out of the blue. Justin Watson will be back soon. To look at these stats, and now I think it makes more sense than when I was crying this uh, alone a couple weeks ago. If you look at these stats, the Chiefs are, are probably the number two passing offense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes woke up behind one player, Tua. And the only reason that Tua is that one player is because Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are crazy fast. This isn't downfield passing. It's all about mm -hmm. that system. And so I can make a case right now that the Chiefs have the best passing offense in the league. So I was right about that. Where I was wrong, and this is my second marinated takeaway, is I said the Chiefs have absolutely no need to bring in McCole Hardman. Man, I was that was a silly take. I, I'm a, and as I just bragged about my my correct take, I am humbled by. Man, I saw him with the Jets. I saw him, you know, have all these injuries last year. And to me, John, and I, I made this clear in, in previous shows, I just thought of, he was a player that fans just wanted for nostalgic purposes. And, you know, it, it, there, he had nothing in his tank. And this was going to be a player that was out of the league in, in a year or so, something like that. And I just, I didn't get it. Uh, when I found out why the Chiefs went and got him and it was a death thing, that made more sense to me. Certainly the returner part of it. But you could see, and I think where the perspective has changed, and maybe I just was still hung up on the second round thing a little too much because just, I just was so used to thinking of him in that frame. You could see that in coming back after being on the Jets, there's a, a different lens of McCall Hart. Look, we're both wearing glasses. There's a different lens of McCall Hardman <laughs> now where you look at him through the prism of, returner specialist and there are going to be certain plays that are designed for him where he's faster than the rest of the players on the field and in that role he could have another four or five years in the nfl and hopefully it's with the chiefs because it seems like the chiefs value him the most uh and i think he probably gets the most value in his own career out of the chiefs and now that it isn't this second rounder that's going to somehow be the next big thing the next big right. tyree mm -hmm. kill yeah He's a great addition, and I just wasn't looking at him like that. I was looking at a player at the end of his career where 
in a weird way now i'm sensing that i was wrong about that and that this could be like a new beginning for mccall hardman which is really exciting i think and and a nice little wrinkle to 2023 yeah uh rocky magania made that same point in his five things we learned from the game uh today uh in different wording of course but pretty much the same idea that you're expressing and i think it's exactly right you know i know rocky was compared to like how 1800 horses were (laughs) right something like that that, right uh i I, this is a point where i would like to to mention the the thing that bugs me about uh mccall hardman and the way he's been seen on this team is this perception that he was brought in because they didn't know what was going to happen with tyreek hill that may have been part of the equation when the chiefs made the decision to bring him on board, but it wasn't the only part of it. I don't think. And let's remember too, that the chiefs knew a lot more about that situation than anybody else did at that point. Um, and they had talked to him and they believed what he had to say. And it turned out that he was right. Um, and they knew all those things. We didn't know those things. And I've just never been convinced that it was all because they thought that the whole decision was based on uh, the fact that Tyreek Hill might not be available that season. I think there were things about Hardman that they liked and that they wanted to have, but he didn't have um, in their minds the expectation that we all placed on him as being the guy who could be the next Tyreek Hill. And I think that hurt him in terms of expectations with the fans. And now that that's not part of the equation any longer, he can just be the guy who is the speedy guy on the team that can be a returner and come in for certain packages. I think both you and Rocky are making an excellent point that this is an opportunity for him to change the narrative about him in a way where he can be successful with really not doing a whole lot for the team. And you know what? You're starting to see, and it's been a few years for us covering this team in Kansas City, you're starting to see the value of burning a 53-man roster spot on a returner. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to be someone that does something else on the team. There's so much value in someone specializing that. Hell, we we just saw what did we see at halftime, John? Dante Hall. uh, Right. Right. The Chiefs Hall of Fame. And and what a what a perfect time in in this uh, version of the Chiefs and, and this week of the Chiefs 2023 season for that to happen, because. I think Hardman solidified his role in, in the Chiefs. Um, you know, even as Watson gets back, I, I think it'll just be the seven receivers again. Um, and I think that in that, punt, that you, I mean, you can make a case in, in that game yesterday that the punt return pretty much sealed it. In, mm-hmm. in yeah, and it was an exciting play. And it's been a while since the Chiefs had uh, any tangible, tangible threat back there. Like Montreal Washington was fun. I know Sky Moore had some redemption in that AFC title game last year. Um, but ever since Hardman got hurt uh, or sick, uh, as we should say, you know, last year, just didn't seem like the Chiefs had that. They they won a Super Bowl um, despite that. I think a big part of that is Kadarius Tony was able to, and maybe he should be a specialist. We'll see how his career goes, but he was able to have a return. But it, Having a solidified punt returner, a kick returner that strikes fear into opposing uh, teams is is just so crucial. And um, welcome back, Nicole Hardman. What a game that he had. I know we're, we're talking about Charles and Menehue. Uh, Hardman deserves some of that credit as well. All right, your next takeaway, John. Well, uh, I'm just going to carry along with the same thought. Is Richie James now the forgotten man? Yeah. I mean, where does he, where's he going to fit in now that uh, McCole Hardman is is on the team? 
This is a guy that we thought would be his primary job would be as a kick returner. And, uh, you know, I think McCole Hardman came in and said, yeah, you don't have that job anymore. Mm. And uh, we don't know how, as we were joking about this before we went on here to record, but it's not like the Chiefs give us a whole lot of information about these players who were injured. We don't really know uh, how long James might be out. For all we know, the Chiefs know he's not going to be back for the rest of the season. It's an MCL. It's That's what's involved, and it's entirely possible that's an injury that could go for the whole season. We just don't know. And it may be that he's already out, in essence. Um, it's but, not clear. Uh, that, that one's a little strange because they – they said MCL and not knee, whereas that right. is always, you know, if they know that that typically is going to be a longer injury than the classic, like, uh, we just got to get him off his feet for a month and right. And uh-huh. Drain yeah. that knee and, and whatnot. So I tend to think it's a longer term injury. I don't know if it's for the season. Uh, you know, that, that is intriguing. Uh, you know, if he does come back, I, I don't see the Chiefs cutting receiver. I'll say that much. I, right. Unless, right. You know, right. Yeah. So it, it, it does remain to be seen how they they operate. Um, I mean, maybe some other injury would returned. make room for him if it turned right. out that he'd be available to come back. You never know about that kind of a, of an aspect. But it's so funny to me that this is how we thought it was going to all going to play out. And, and, you know, this is the way it works in the NFL. Uh, you know, we have all these expectations about how the season's going to play out, but then you have to go to war and guys, you know, step in foxholes and break legs and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and have to be out for periods of time. And then you have to just, you know, ad lib as you go. And maybe if Richie James hadn't been hurt, Nicole Hardman wouldn't be on the team today. And, uh, sometimes these things work in your favor. Sometimes they don't, but, uh, you know, the best laid plans uh, never survive first contact with the enemy, as they like to say in military circles or something similar to that anyway. I like it, John, digging into the military for your point. That That's, that's a truly marinated one right there. Uh, <laughs> I want to bring this up from Next Gen Stats for my last marinated takeaway, and that is, uh, I'll just read it. Patrick Mahomes was the most productive targeting the intermediate area of the field on sunday 10 to 19 air yards completing 13 of 14 um for 259 yards and a touchdown mahomes 215 259 passing yards targeting the intermediate area are the most in in a game over the last five seasons what does that mean what does that mean why am i bringing it up well what that means is the deep ball is coming (laughs) the reason that the, the deep ball hasn't really existed in the chiefs offense for a while now is because uh you've seen teams dropping back eight uh as they say uh having the safeties really deep and just saying you know we're not going to get beaten by this if mahomes is going to make a habit of carving up the intermediate you are going to start to see these safeties playing up again and what will that mean that means that you could send mccall deep uh that means you can do the same thing with marquez valdez scaling i believe is in the four three range himself i know he's a he's a taller he's like a giraffe than what but uh he's a a taller guy <laughs> that can run really fast down the field and so this is just one game, uh, but that is a dazzling stat. And I noticed that Mahomes is starting to get more methodical, more comfortable with that. Start mixing in the run game a little bit. Uh, and again, just with these defensive backs and the secondary having to play up, and you are going to start to see shots uh, again down the field. It's never going to look the same as it does with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is one of one. 
but I think you're going to start seeing more than maybe your one a game where where Mahomes is like, well, this is my only chance. I got to try it because he's one on one and he's downfield. And even if I'm getting hit by Khalil Mack and then it's an interception, I think they're going to get more regular uh, as uh, Mahomes continues to dominate the intermediate again, 13 of 14 for 259 yards and a touchdown. That's eye popping. I was looking at my phone at the stats readout during the game, even standing in uh, standing there in the stands. I wasn't sitting very often, by the way. Um, and I, I was, hear, I can, uh, I can hear the arrowhead in your voice this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was astounded by the numbers Mahomes was putting up yesterday. At mm-hmm. one point, uh, you know, on twenty attempts, I think something around twenty attempts, twenty five yeah. attempts, he'd missed one or two passes. It was, it was unbelievable to me. But yeah, that is a that is a that's an amazing statistic. Did I get that right? That it's the most in the intermediate areas of the field in five seasons. Mahomes' two hundred fifty nine passing yards targeting the intermediate area are the most in a game over the last five seasons. Wow, that is that is amazing. And I think your point is exactly right. It's not necessarily saying that's what the Chiefs are going to be doing all along. It's what they're trying to tell the rest of the league that they need to defend against, which opens mm-hmm. up possibilities elsewhere i think that's kind of part of the reason why travis kelsey has been so open in the middle of the field because the chiefs are starting to see there's a a gaping gap Mm -hmm. between us and i think i know they they are a little bit coy in in saying it where they're like yeah no well we're planning everything but i think they're i think sometimes they're saying kelsey run to the middle of the field and stand where where it's open and he's doing that (laughs) and they're killing teams and so eventually, you know, it's not going to be able to, to happen. And you're going to see some of these deeper one-on-one shots again. Uh, and that'll be fun. Um, but again, it might may, still may take a few games. It does take the it, NFL a little bit to adjust, but they eventually do adjust. It reminds me of the movie of about uh, Vince Papale with the Eagles. And they're in the the, the car lot uh, game that they play. But they're all the buddies. And they said, let's run the play where Vince just gets open and we throw it to him. <laughs> That's what the Chiefs run every play. I, we mentioned that it was one of the more fun games of the season, so I'd love to hear uh, some other highlights for you other than the McColl runback. Um, and then we'll talk through some of your Insta breakdown and some of the winners and losers that I had to point out uh, from, from this week because it was an interesting game, and it was a, a fairly complete game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs pass offense had its best game of the year. I mean, you kind of mentioned it off the top, but specifically, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, they were incredible in the first half. We already mentioned Mahomes first half stats. Travis Kelsey, nine catches, 143 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Constantly open over the middle. Um, If you look at Mahomes' spray chart, you know, from NFL Next Gen Stats, you know, that was a a, a place of the field. He was struggling this year to complete passes Uh, over the middle. You know, he was hesitant and, and sometimes just inaccurate. Not against the Chargers, and it was and it was because they were not being very uh, careful with how to defend Kelsey. I think they were pretty, being pretty loose with their zone coverage, allowing Kelsey to just kind of find holes to sit in. Um, yeah, it I mean, was, I know it's been discussed before, but you know the the fact that he is constantly that open is is still it's unbelievable. It it is it is it defies all logic when you're watching the game and you just see the best player you know, the best, you know, receiver on offense, just roaming free wherever he wants to go. Well, it's an, it's another level of like, how is this possible when the guy who's allowing it to happen, the defensive coach has defended this exact offense for the past, 
you know, two, three seasons, you know, multiple times a year, you would think if anyone knows what they need to do to just at least, you know, not have him have a crazy game like he did on Sunday, it would be the Chargers. It would be a divisional rival. It'd be look at the Broncos. They they know how to slow down Kelsey in in, in the in the pass game and they do it consistently. It's amazing. And that's honestly why I don't think Staley should should have a job there anymore. I think he needs to prove himself in another situation because he I just it's amazing. It's amazing how <laughs> you can be a defensive coach. And, you know, out of all, how many times have we seen this Chiefs pass off and struggle this year against other teams? And apparently the medicine was just going against Staley in the Chargers defense. Uh, <laughs> they had Derwin James. They had their pass rushers. And the Chiefs, I mean, just five straight scoring possessions, I think, to start the game. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it, it really was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they, they made some adjustments in that second half. So, sure, they, they figured yeah, out how to bracket him. Um, you know, and he, he's still, I think, caught a touchdown or you're at least uh, made a couple of plays in that second half. So it wasn't like it wasn't like it was impossible. And, and you're right. He wasn't doing anything different than what he ever does. So you would think the defensive coaches would have some bead on that. But it's just sure the way that it is out of structure, the way that it is, you know, improvisational and and the way he and, and Mahomes are in tune it is it, it it actually is probably pretty difficult to defend because it's not like you can draw it up on paper and tell your right. defenders all right when he does this this is what's going to happen because because they don't know and frankly Kelsey doesn't know yeah but I will say like someone like Denver what they would do very well is just have linebackers pretty much just in zone coverage play man coverage you know rough them up at the line rough them up you know even if the ball you know, even if it's a, an incomplete, you know, kind of extracurricular things. And maybe the Chargers didn't even get the chance to do that on Sunday. So, uh, you know, shout out Kelsey and Mahomes. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, Charles O'Menehu, shout out him. We just talked about him in a negative way, kind of. Um, but, you know, hey, he's someone that, uh, you know, is getting the second chance. And, you know, he said it was the happiest moment of his life, uh, getting that sack in his Chiefs yeah. debut this Sunday. Someone that probably is pretty thankful for his opportunity after kind of going through you know, again, not being charged, uh, you know, eventually for the the issues he had back in January. Um, he had one sack, two quarterback hits, and then the other pass defended he had turned into an interception. He was mm-hmm. he was he was kind of doing exactly what we kind of thought he could do. Right. Stags, what did you think about the debut from Omenahu? Yeah, I mean, there was a reason we were excited about bringing him in. It's because of the, the complimentary way that he adds to this pass rush. And, and you saw it in this game. Chris Jones was not necessarily popping off the stat sheet. No, but if you watch the game, you can see Chris Jones is charging upfield and creating opportunities for Omenihu and others to clean up, and and that is that's a formula for a pass rush that's pretty hard to stop when you've got guys at all different levels with different skill sets, you know, that are all coming in in different ways. Uh, you know, coming down the stretch, it looked like there was no chance that they were going to uh, come back on this on this Chiefs defense. It just it just felt like they had enough pressure coming from from different places on the defense, you know. And of course, you know you're getting sacks from Drew Tranquil and others, but like they had five sacks from five different players this week. And and Omenihu just brings a different element, another interior pass rusher. Very few teams have two interior pass rushers, and so it, it really does make it uh, unique and probably difficult to to game plan for. Uh, he was he was fantastic in his debut. He really was. Like that's exactly what you hope to see in the offseason. 
Yeah, no, and you mentioned them both being in, inside pass rushers, and you know that's my thought coming into the years. Oh man, imagine the front of the pocket. You know how hard it's going to be to see over the middle of the field if you're a quarterback. You know Herbert's obviously a taller guy, but just in general, well, you know the thing I thought was cool is that they were using them on the same side, and Jones was you know <clears throat> rushing from the edge at times, and many was rushing from the edge at other times, but them lining up next to each other on the same side of the ball, man, what that does, especially if you're doing that to the the quarterback's throwing side where if he's trying to get it to his his favorite receiver on a, in a third down situation, and you know they they call something up where to his throwing side he has some sort of you know route being called up, and you know it's going to be hard to see anything going on if Jones and Amani who are rushing over that garden tackle, uh, you know yeah, there, that side. there's no pass lanes there, um, and, I mean, and there's no line of sight, and then you've got you know George Karloftis who's leading yeah. the league in batted passes since he came into the league now. Yes, uh, sir. Last year he was second only to Carlos Dunlap, who, who's uh, you know we much speculated to return to the Chiefs along with Frank Clark. We'll see if they end up adding back a, another veteran just to keep this rotation stout. But it is it's looking nasty with with Omenihu in, in place, and and it's it's really going to be fun to watch as the season progresses. Well, let's jump ahead here to the to the the third level of the defense i feel like we've talked about the you know the the defensive line um you know the defensive line gets so much talk you know the pass rush gets so much talk chris jones but you know, actually wrote for the site this week about the chiefs pass defense in terms of the the back end the back seven um and, and actually i i ended up just writing more about the corners and safeties linebackers you'll you, you've gotten your due too i think we've all given given the linebacker group some love um you know obviously without bolton we kind of have to figure that out and we talked about that but Man, this Chiefs pass defense is elite because of the of the coverage execution in the back end. Here's some stats to throw to throw at you guys. The Chiefs are allowing the third fewest net yards per pass attempt, so that does uh, include sacks, right? So net yards take away, you know, sack yardage from pass yards. So that's you know even with sacks included, the third fewest yards per pass attempt. Um, they also are tied for the second highest team pressure rate uh, in the NFL. So that tells you, you know, that the defensive line is getting home as much as anybody, but they're also have the third most passes defended as a team in the NFL. Um, they're getting their hands on as, as many te- uh, as, as many balls as anybody. Um, they have all three of their safeties have interceptions, which I thought was kind of cool. Brian cook got his this last game to kind of help seal the chargers game. How about Justin Reed having the second most PBUs of all safeties in the NFL this year? Um, only the Eagles read Blankenship has more pass broken breakups by a safety and he leads the team. Justin Reed has more pass breakups than any other defender on the chiefs right now. So, uh, let's start there. I mean, how, how about, how have you seen kind of the, the playmaking of the safety group or, uh, sorry, the defensive back group as a whole, and, and just kind of what has been your favorite thing to, to see from it? I mean, my, my favorite thing has been the evolution of, of Trent McDuffie into just yeah. a, a legit top of the NFL type corner. Um, you have a stat here that he had the most forced fumbles by a corner in the NFL with three. Um, that is uh, something that he's had a knack for this season. He's the way he hits, how physical he is in all yeah. aspects of the game. In addition to his pat, I mean, he had a pass breakup this week that was, you know, just how you draw it out. I mean, it was it was textbook. Uh, he he's been he's been just phenomenal. I, I love the the versatility of Legarius Sneed and how uh, how many different things that he can do for this defense. I was a little down early in the game on it, both safeties actually. When you look at the first half, when the Chargers were able to move the ball, 
they burned Brian Cook and they burned uh, Justin Reed uh, uh, more than once in, in those uh, in those times. But then they certainly both players came back and made plays later in the game. You know, as you mentioned, Cook with the interception. Uh, this was a, a group that's you know got a short memory, which is which is impressive for as young as they are to be able to recover. You know, they go through a stretch. You've seen games in the past where the Chiefs couldn't cover anybody. The defenders were running into each other. They they didn't know their assignments. They didn't know what they yeah. were doing. Oh, yeah. This group Against seems to be assigned and sound. And, and when there's a problem, they, they correct it. And and that's that looks like a mature group for a bunch of second, third-year players out there. Yeah, you know, you, you remember that last season with Tyron leading the, the defensive backfield. There's times where you're like, is this supposed to be happening three years into the system with Spags? Like, isn't this like you almost like with the Super Bowl kind of still fresh? You're almost like, should we be criticizing them? Like, maybe this is just you know, no. We, are you seeing it now? No, because this team is uh, you know much more. It seems like although they you know they give up the 50 yard touchdown run, I think that was you know more on just getting blocked up really well. Mike Edwards didn't come over in time to to make that kind of last line tackle defense, um, and that's where you know just to go off your point real quick with Cook. No, I do think you're right. I think Edwards is the better pass defense free safety, but I think Brian Cook is is maybe the more trusted down to down safety still, and that's why you're kind of seeing them rotate back and forth because you see you've seen Cook make some really important tackles, including that big play against the Chargers. Obviously, he gets burned, but you know he doesn't allow the touchdown to happen. Spags actually talked about how big that is. You know, not let, letting that big play turn into an even bigger play. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but they may not have scored. I think they did score that actually. I think. I think that they ended up scoring on that drive, but obviously earlier in the season, that Jets run, right? Brees Hall, he makes that tackle. They don't score a touchdown on that drive. Um, so just a good example there. Um, but I do want to talk about how they've been using the cornerbacks. We talked about Trent McDuffie. You know, they've been trusting him to single up on the team, uh, on a team's wide receiver, on a team's second wide receiver for the most part, because a lot of times situationally, whether it's the red zone, whether it's third down, what they've been doing is bracketing the team's number one wide receiver, letting someone play main coverage on him, then then p- putting a safety, usually Cook actually, l- letting him kind of come down and, and purposefully double team and, and kind of bracket inside the the cornerback's uh, outside leverage and kind of you know just taking away a Keenan Allen like this last week. I actually tweeted out a pretty good video where George Carlathis' sack you know, if you watch Herbert, he goes through two reads and he kind of has to just sit there and wait for the sack to come because. Once he goes to his first read, not kind of there. Willie kind of takes it away. He comes back to his second read, which is Keenan Allen. And the double team is so effective and and so closed in and so well uh, done down the field. It's like, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field at this point. You know, Herbert just kind of just is frozen. Like he thinks he's going to try to fit it in somewhere, but he just can't because Cook and actually Jalen Watson, shout out Jalen Watson is the one covering Allen on this play, double teamed him so well. They've been doing that all year, uh, whether it's Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley. Actually, if you remember that Jacksonville game, when they succeeded in the red zone so well, it was because they were hammering those double teams, you know, taking away Ridley. McDuffie had those, uh, you know, those great pass breakups, uh, you know, at the back of the end zone on Zay Jones, singled up, right? They trusted him to single up and and, and take him away. And he does that because it's, it's the old Patriots thing, right? Like, you know, if we put our best cover corner on your secondary guy, you know, a la Stephon Gilmore and Sammy Watkins, right? We'd always, we, we always said that kind of thing, you know, like your secondary guy is never going to beat our best corner. And then your best guy is not going to beat a double team. So what are you supposed to do? And that's what the Chiefs yeah. defense is doing right now. 
we have won the division by the end of October. It's ludicrous. It's it's so funny how dominant this team is over this one division. Um, but it does make the season a little bit boring. I suppose, no, no, it doesn't. We're on the quest for the number one seed. It's us versus the Dolphins versus whoever from the AFC North and the Jags, I suppose, for the number one seed. That's a good little battle that'll come out. I've, I think the Chiefs are well on their way to the number one seed, by the way. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, do, but do you remember a couple of seasons ago where it was like, oh, the AFC West is the division because you've got Derek Carr led Raiders with Devontae Adams. You've got Justin Herbert. You've got Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson joining the league, you know, joining the division and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, yeah, it could really, really kind of kick off. There's going to be a bigger, bit of a dogfight going on here. And it's like, what on earth has happened to the AFC West? The Chiefs are just so dominant and they haven't been playing particularly well on offense this season either. Yeah. I think our excuses or like what we used to say about Tom Brady are Patrick Mahomes is never lucky to play in the AFC East. I think we kind of need to park that now because um, the AFC West is becoming as bad as the AFC East was when Tom Brady was around. It'll never be that bad. (laughs) It's never going to be that that bad. No, don't, 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 don't take that away from me, Tom. Don't, right? I'm telling you now. Don't, don't take that away from me. It's the only thing I can hold on to against Brady. Anyway, right. Broncos, if you want to go back to the previous couple of shows, um, we'll probably have all the same notes for this anyway, but we'll crack on. Um, so uh, the Chiefs at the Broncos at Mile High Stadium, which is, um, do you know what? I'd actually really like to go and visit Mile High Stadium one day. Would you? Do we very, do? very, very high up my uh, list of stadiums I want to visit. Should we do it while the Chiefs are hot? I I do want to do it. Like you can get really easy flights from the UK to Denver. Yeah, uh, they're, they're reasonably priced as well. Um, Cheap tickets as well. As a as a South Park fan, I would quite like to go to Colorado. Um, but yeah, no, I I do I do want to go to there one day, and it is high up my list. I probably would rather go there than say watch the Chiefs in Vegas or the Chiefs in LA. Oh no, I still want to watch them in Vegas. I would no, love to do that. I, I feel like. You go to a cold evening game in Denver for the Chiefs. I feel like you're at a proper football match. Yeah. Where at, if you're going to watch the Chiefs versus the Raiders, essentially you're going to watch a show. Like afterwards, you might as well go and watch Adele in her residency afterwards or Britney Spears or someone like that. You are yeah. basically just going for Vegas. And maybe that does, that does sound pretty good, actually. It does sound good, doesn't it? You just talk yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's but do yeah, it. that, that is how days. little we have to talk about the Broncos. We're turning this into a travel show. <laughs> we should say, here. <laughs> let, let, let's double date because apparently that's what Taylor Swift and uh, Brittany Holmes are doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. By the yeah. way, have you been practicing the handshake? I have, actually. I'll be, I'll be honest. I have been practicing it. Um, I when practiced- I first see you at the hotel in Frankfurt, I, I, our first interaction has to be that handshake. Has to be. I'm I'm going to make it my aim that everyone I speak to that weekend, I my first interaction with them will be that handshake. Or I'm gonna, I'm going to at least attempt it with every single person. But well, that's the Friday night, isn't it? That's yeah. the Friday. That's, that's, that's every, the Swifty whole night. weekend. Whole weekend. All oh, right. Okay. Any anyone like even when the guy searching me before I go in the stadium, I'm going to try and do the Taylor Swift Brittany Mahomes handshake with him. <laughs> <laughs> whole weekend. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyways, anyways, the, the Broncos, the Broncos, go back and listen to shows two weeks ago because I I, I don't want to spend, I've, I've got things to do. I don't really want to spend much time on talking about the Denver Broncos. Like, I know, I'm sorry, Steve, you're going to be sitting there thinking, oh, they're going to give me a two minute segment I can use for social media. I don't think you're going to get it, to be honest, no. because like they are so bad. Like, they just <sighs> beat the Jordan Love led Packers. They've got, they're just not clicking. Yeah, they're not as bad as, I'm basically repeating what we said a couple of weeks ago. They're not as bad as the 70-20 loss to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Their defense is better than that. Yes, the Chiefs only beat them 16-8 or wherever it was a couple of weeks ago. But they do not pose a problem for this team. I don't care that it's an afternoon kickoff in Colorado. They have just completely fallen off a cliff. This team is broken. It is broken. And if the Chiefs play like they did on Sunday against the Chargers, in Denver, this is going to be a non-contest. Russell Wilson might throw for 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But the way the Chiefs are playing right now, I don't think 14, 17 points is going to be enough. The Chiefs are going to get to 30 points. They're probably going to get to 34. I wouldn't be surprised if they run run the score up against the Broncos because we know that they have done that in the past against this particular team. Kareem Jackson's not playing well, good because he's a day. And his hits have been disgusting. He's been fined four times so far this year yeah. for hits, for illegal hits on players. It's about time the NFL took that seriously. We spoke about this a few weeks ago about penalties not being strict enough with certain things. Yeah. And 15 yard penalty and a fine is not a strong enough penalty. Okay, they did eject him, but they. I'm glad. I'm glad that the cheat, uh, the league, come out and punished a guy accordingly for flat out just being dangerous and i'm glad he's not playing yes he's going to appeal it he might get knocked down to three games but that won't make a difference he's not playing this sunday i'm going to give you my prediction straight away the chiefs are going to win this game 34 oh we're straight into predictions are we yeah honestly (laughs) i i just this this is going to be the worst preview of a uh, game we've ever had but i just we've done it two weeks ago we don't need to do it again go back and listen to our show two weeks ago in fact, do that because then we get double the amount of hits on one podcast. It's Woo! great. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, they're, they're so bad. They're, oh. Just to put a bit of context on what Tom is saying, points against per game, they're 31st. Total yards against per game, 32nd. Passing yards against per game, 30th. Time of possession per game, 32nd. That bad. is terrible. They're bad. They needed field goals to beat Jordan Love. Like, come on. It just, they're not a good team. <laughs> the reason they're so low down our rankings is because they're just awful. I, 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 honestly, I think it goes back to me thinking that either Sean Payton's thinking about tanking or it's still a turd at the end of the day. And I think that's pretty much what Sean Payton's looking at now. I think he's thinking, God, this team is trash. I need to clear the decks. I think they can't clear, I think they can't clear their, one of their biggest problems, lose. though. They can't clear him. Russell Wilson's got too big of a contract. He's staying. And just, they can't get rid of him. They're, it's they're expensive screwed. backup, isn't he? They're, 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 they're screwed, <laughs> honestly. And and I also screwed. think they will win enough games to take themselves out of the running for the number one pick as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, what, fifth or sixth pick? Because I think I think they're yeah. good enough to win games against certain opponents. I don't think they're any good to be able to cause elite teams any issues. Like if the Broncos end up playing the Bills or the Bengals this year, don't expect any failures from them. Like they're going to get battered, but they're going to win mm. enough games where they're not going to be 
top three, top four. That they although we haven't rode down in the rankings, I still don't think they're as bad as Arizona. I still don't think they're as bad as say Carolina, and probably the Bears. So you're probably looking there, what fourth, fifth pick, maybe sixth pick, maybe. Are they yeah. going to be able to get that guy to transform their franchise? I don't think they are. I think they're screwed. I d- I still don't understand why Sean Payton went there in the first place. Um, I would have thought he would have gone to a better situation in terms of quarterback. Maybe his ego fed that. I'm not too sure. But I just don't get it. I, I think they're awful. The Chiefs are going to absolutely batter them on Sunday. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll eat my hat yeah. if we lose this game. That scoreline was favourable to the Broncos than it was to the Chiefs. Yeah. So... This game, after seeing what I saw against the Chiefs, uh, with the Chiefs from the Chargers, on the offense, the defense is playing, and we've got a menu back as well. The pressure is going to be on for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think this this game's an absolute dead cert. Put the absolute house on this game uh, for the Chiefs bringing out the dub. Before we leave, this is Russell Wilson's passing stats against the Chiefs two weeks ago, right? He was 13 for 22, 95 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. 95 yards. Freaking hell. 95 yards. It was that close. And it was that close. And it was a garbage time touchdown as well. Like, it just... It flattered them. (laughs) I can't say that confidently. It's... That points... The points in that game... It flattered the the Broncos yeah. massively. We're gonna we're gonna beat them easy. I think no, they will be a little bit better because they're at home. They may cause some issues like they did last year in Denver, but I don't think they're gonna cause enough. I like the Chiefs will get in, get out, get that win, get on the flight to Germany. Like that's that's needs to be their plan. But yeah. Are you going for a are you going for a score prediction? Yeah, 34 17. I've already said I think they double the amount of points. Seventeen? Wow. Yeah. I think Andy Reid will just take the foot off the gas and just Bench Mahomes and Kelsey and Co. And that's it. That's all she wrote. Here right for- then, let's get out of here because the Newcastle game's on. <laughs> <laughs> Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 
Well, speaking of fire sale, let's get to our Chiefs preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. The Chiefs are preparing to play the Denver Broncos for second time in three weeks. Yep. Hate when this happens. So weird. Yeah. It'll be the seven and one Kansas City Chiefs facing off six and one Kansas City Chiefs facing off against. I mean, you just you just you just know they're going to win this week. That's all. That's all. You're just, <laughs> just, just pencil it in early. You know. You. Yeah, I mean, yeah. given the streak, right? Is it sixteen in a row now? Sixteen in a row. Sweet 16 for, for Kansas City. We started this by saying fire sale. I don't know why Denver hasn't already started their fire sale. There's been rumors of, hey, Jerry Judy's out here. Hey, they might part ways with Russell Wilson at the end of the year. I heard somebody say, oh, by the way, you know, this new ownership is not completely sold on Sean Payton either if this whole thing doesn't look promising by the end of the season. Like, why hasn't Denver just said, you know what? This is not currently working what we're doing. Let's start over new. Well, I think they want to have one chance of a last showcase. And what better team to have your last showcase against the defending Super Bowl champions, right? It's because the trade deadline is two days after this game. Yeah, but why would you risk anybody getting hurt? You know, like if I have a deal in place for Jerry Judy, like I'm not running Jerry Judy out there to get hurt against the Chiefs in a game we're not going to win. It's a risk, but maybe you're thinking, hey, if we can kind of force people in the ball, we can get a we can go up around in the in the pick that we're asking for. Instead of a, a fourth, we can get a third. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I this team I know some Bronco fans personally, they were upset that they won that game last week against the Packers by one point. I mean, because at this point, why are you winning games? Because you're just ruining your, your your draft order. This team isn't going anywhere this year. They had their second win of the season. And I think there's even more reason why this game probably won't even be competitive because they they got one they got their second win out the out the way now. So now they're probably not going to win another game until another month or so. So yeah. Oh, uh, this game has no juice anymore. I mean, wh- wh- where do we even break down this matchup? Like, wh- where do we, what angle do we take to make this sound interesting? <laughs> you know, this is your, this is what you do professionally, Mark Gunnels. Like, you make games that maybe necessarily don't have juice. Like, you know, you're supposed to give them some, ju- you're supposed I mean, to talk you, up. Looks like you don't have anything either, Aaron. But you know you're what? I can't make this game up. interesting. I can't make it interesting. Here go we go. Ahead. Yeah, you want you it got? right now? <laughs> what kind of meals is Russell Wilson going to cook this week? Oh is it, is it going to be a, a five-star meal that you get from your favorite steakhouse? Or is it going to be some ramen noodles? You you back in Columbia in your dorm room wondering how, what you're, what you're going to do with your life. <laughs> you know, the talk before the first time these two teams matched up was like, hey, Russell Wilson, like, Hasn't been terrible this year. That was kind of the talk. Like, he had high touchdown numbers. The numbers looked fine. But he wasn't playing winning ball. And I still don't change – I still haven't changed my mind about that. Like, their offense does not scare me whatsoever. It was almost – I mean, I don't want to say constipated, but it was was tough for them to score. Cortland Sutton had to make an outstanding catch for them to even get the touchdown at the end. What, What you got? 
No, here we go. Because you 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 challenged my uh my producing skills. I ain't like that. So here we go. I, I got I got I got how I can make this game interesting from a Chiefs angle. Could this be? I'm just being a contrarian here. Is this a look ahead spot? You play the Dolphins the week after in Germany. Mind you're traveling across to a whole different country. So I mean, guys are probably already getting their bags ready for that trip. Before this game, thinking about that time zone difference, I'm not sure how exactly how early they're getting there. Do you know information on that, by the way? Do we know that? I do. Kansas City is okay. actually traveling late. I believe okay. they're going to get in on that Friday morning. That, that okay. is what my okay. belief is. There are teams that have done it different okay. ways. To my understanding, KC and, is going to be the team that lands Friday morning. And do we know about Miami travel planes? I don't know about Miami okay. travel okay. planes. But, yeah, I think that's an interesting angle here because you beat this team 16 straight times. You just beat them two weeks ago. It, you That game was never, never in doubt. They did just come off a win, back-to-back home games. They're staying in Denver. You're traveling to Denver. Then after this, shortly you're traveling to Germany against probably your most hyped game of the season, going against Tyreek Hill, the revenge game, everything that comes with that. Could it be an overlooked game potentially? We're as closer than we think. Always. I always think division games are, are close. And that was my justification for picking the, the Denver Broncos to end the streak this year. I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's about time. KC is going to sleepwalk into one of these games. Eventually they're going to have their mind somewhere else. They're going to be focused on Taylor Swift or they're going to be focused on <laughs> Germany and what they're going to be doing in Frankfurt and the beer and the brats and I don't see it, Mark Gunnels. I see more history coming up for Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who is possibly going to set another record with a win over Denver on Sunday. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is already 12-0 and in games he started against Denver, seeking to do something quarterback has never done before, and that's go 13-0. and No quarterback in league history has ever started 13-0 wow. against a single opponent we're starting to get to the point with Mahomes stats now that it's just like we're numb we don't even we don't even feel it we don't even <laughs> we don't even recognize what this guy is doing week after week and while we're here this wasn't in our rundown I should have told you to add it did you see Travis Kelsey talking about Mahomes chasing the goat and potentially being the goat did you see that where was that on uh, New Heights yeah, I believe. Well, no, he was interviewing some, with somebody else. I forgot the publication. I apologize on that. And then even Tom Brady spoke on it, and he was talking about how, you know, he can't really see it because he's done it for so long. But if there is one guy that he has his eye on, it is Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, if he gets his third ring this year at 28, and right now he's the favorite for MVP, which is crazy because we don't feel like Mahomes actually played that well this year. But that's because the standard is so high, but he's still the favorite right now to win MVP. So as of right now, the Chiefs are Super Bowl favorites. Mahomes is favorite to win MVP. And obviously he wins Super Bowl. He's probably going to win Super Bowl MVP as well, which would be his third. I mean, I know it's, it's going to be hard to get the seven, but does he have to get seven to be the GOAT? I don't think he does, Aaron, because this is why I say that. It's kind of like, in a way, the Jordan-Bill Russell thing to me. Even though Brady did play kind of in the same era as Mahomes, even though he was obviously way before, but I think it's the style of play 
from Mahomes that can kind of put him over the top. Because even though Bill Russell has 11 rings, Jordan had that flare and flash. Like, we've never seen this before. Dunk it from the free throw line, doing reverses and stuff like that. So I think when you look at, when you combine that with the winning, I think that's where Mahomes can have the edge where he doesn't have to get seven rings. If he gets four or five, I think you can call him the GOAT. I have no interest. I, in I, know, you, I, know, you, I know you don't like these conversations, debate. Aaron. I know you don't a, like these. <laughs> a GOAT debate, really? All right, let's do it. When the uh, when the Chiefs have the ball, um, this for me is 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 it. Like I just thank you, thank you, Patrick. Um, you know, I as I said, man, I come to the great ones, and I don't. I I, I really have a hard time. It's just not my makeup to start looking at struggles and then looking at the lesser players and saying, "Ooh, it's on them," when the best players aren't playing well either. But I give the credit, all the credit, when the guy and the man plays like the man. And that's what Patrick Mahomes did. I do not think it's a coincidence that the Chiefs had their best offensive performance when Patrick Mahomes started to look more like the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to. And I am hoping Sunday is a continue continuation of that against Denver that he continues because I said last week, I want to know what their identity is fellas. And the identity can't be, Hey, let's just waltz around here, run around here, wait till 87 gets open and let's get it to him. All right. They didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. He got the ball. Yes. 12 catches, 13 targets, but it felt like it made sense off of everybody else. Everybody else seemed like you could see clearly Rasheed Rice running routes off of Travis and getting open because because of that and that making sense MVS coming up and him being put in roles that made sense I just I hope we see a continuation of Patrick Mahomes playing to the level that we expect him to play at because I think that is what takes this offense to the next level I've always said man yeah man these guys that I mean it's gonna take them a minute to get here they're young or whatever but the, the saving grace is, is they got Andy and Pat and Travis and now we saw what it looks like when those three guys are at the top of their game. And, and the thing is that makes them all great is they can consistently do that week after week. And that's what you're hoping to see. I want to see a continuation of that. Is it fair to say that was the first time we've seen this year where Patrick Mahomes looked dominant? Not that he looked good, but where yes. he looked like he could not be stopped. Yes. You saw the you saw the the off-platform throws, the uh like I mean, them throws where he was running to the sideline and then opening up his hips, the the patented and vintage Mahomes type throws. We hadn't really been seeing that stuff, and MVS was was right there uh, in 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 concert with him. That yes, that's the first time we've seen. Oh, uh, like that's the first time we've seen. Oh hell, you can't do nothing with that. Had a couple of first like, down runs as well on third down, where it's just like you just. Yeah, that's that's what you have to deal with when you go up against Patrick Mahomes. There's just nothing you can do to stop him. And then some of the stuff that him and Kelsey were, were doing was just ridiculous. I, I thought the moment where you felt like, okay, that's the Mahomes that I remember was the big-time connection between he and MVS. Because you haven't seen a whole lot of that second reaction stuff this year, where it's like, okay, we're getting into scramble mode now. And this is where Mahomes becomes Mahomes, right? 
we've seen other quarterbacks in different eras that are as dominant as he is with a quick game. He's really, really good at it. And it's something I think that gets underrated for him. But the stuff that sets him apart is, okay, he's really good at the quick game. And then look at this. Watch the special stuff that he's able to add on top of that. And we started to see some of those plays this week. And that's, that was something that was, I think, really important to be able to see. The next level to it, and I'm hopeful that maybe we can start to see this sooner rather than later, maybe even this week against the Broncos. I want to see him starting to attack over the top again. Because so far this year, that has been something that's been missing from the Chiefs game. They are one of the worst deep ball throwing teams in the NFL Uh, So far this year, he's completing just 34% of his passes of 20 or more yards. Here's the quarterbacks, Ron, that are below him. Josh Dobbs, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Jordan Love, Mac Jones, and sadly, Joe Burrow. That is not the group that you want to be surrounded by. And that's where Patrick Mahomes is right now when it comes to deep balls. If he can start getting that going again, man, we're talking about this offense the same way that we're talking about the defense. It's I, I do wonder if that's ever gonna manifest this season Fair with question. these guys in a consistent way, though. Because like McCall's your best deep ball wide receiver, probably your best deep threat, or Justin Watson. Like McCall's certainly the fastest one. He's definitely the biggest play one, but Justin Watson can make some of those splash plays sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he returned to practice this week, at least in a limited fashion. I don't know if he's gonna play this week, but it sounds like he's gonna be back sooner than all of us thought. But I think for me, yes, the the deep passing game, obviously I want to see that continue and I want to see more of that, but I just want to see them continuing to finish off drives and get in the red zone and get in the end zone and score points because it doesn't always have to be flashy. I just want to see them look like they're, they know what they're doing because there's been times this season where it looks like they don't know what they're doing offensively. And that's all I want to see. I just want to see progress as we keep moving this thing along. No, yeah, I hear that. The red zone is something you want to see them finish and get better in. But, man, I'm with you on that, BK. It feels like they haven't been able to to have a real downfield passing threat since Tyreek left. Like, there's some things here and there. But, like, the threat of, hey, they're going to just run past you. And And I don't know that that is necessarily just because defenses are just flat trying to stop that i just i just they just have seemed to struggle like they, they're they're still really good offensively obviously they were number one last year with their top five this year in the league but it is it is more or less of like full all the way down the field the element of the big play they'll score just on one play that element has been gone for a couple of years now and you would think like they have – maybe they don't have Tyreek, but you would think between Kadarius Tony and now McCole Hardman, who was there last year too, uh, they've got just speed guys. We saw the speed of McCole Hardman when he changed that game around on, the, on that punt return. Like you, they've got guys – they just don't seem to be able to hook up. And we see it that the one blemish on Mahomes' day was that pick he threw uh, when he tried to hit – McCole Hartman deep and you know I I I, that is something I would want to say also can I say this BK they better be able to run the damn football this week like that 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 really pissed me off 
two weeks ago when they didn't even try to. Right? They didn't like they didn't even try to. Isaiah Pacheco's had Ron was year. big mad. Ron was a Paul big was hot. Mad. I was hot. I was like, y'all didn't even try to, man. Y'all wouldn't even y'all wouldn't even own it. And he had some he had some decent runs. They wouldn't even own it. Like th- this is a they are historically bad. Historically bad. I'm not saying you got to just turn your offense around, but dog on it, man. He got to get like this has to be a 15. What did he do against the Jets? That's how many carries he should have in this game, right? When he played against the Jets, he didn't completely shut down. It wasn't like Mahomes threw 15 times, but he's got to get more. They didn't, they didn't even attempt against this sorry run defense of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and they couldn't get anything going on the ground last week either. It's something that needs no. to improve because – I told you about that Chargers run defense, uh, Serta. <laughs> It, it's something that needs to improve because last no, year, like bad fantasy run defense. <laughs> no, but I had a bad real life run defense. <laughs> you think back to what they were able to do in the postseason, and a big part of their success whenever the passing game did stall out because you're going to go up against good defenses, especially you got teams that are going to like hone in on, hey, we want Mahomes to struggle. That's that's our key to success here. When that happens. You've got to have something that you can fall back on. And I know that the running game is not sexy in today's day and age. It is not something that people want to talk about because it's all about pass, 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 pass. I'm with that. I I love watching Patrick Mahomes throw the football. You have to be able to run when you get to January. And now that the weather is starting to turn a little bit, this is around the time of the year that you want to be able to see them start to get that going. And in a game like this against Denver, frankly, Ron, this is one of those games, especially when you've got Miami on the horizon, where that's a massive game with standing implications, like home field implications, all of that. This is the kind of game where you do kind of want to get in there and get out of there with a win and treat it as a business trip, where let's put it on the back of Isaiah Pacheco. Let's let him go out there, get 150 yards, and get out of there with a smash mouth power football type of a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if you have to run it in January. I don't know. I mean, I think you have to be able to. I I, I don't know that you have to like have a 300 yard rusher or anything, but you, I think you have to have the ability to change the pace with the running game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that that heaven is it is, it's not a, a, an absolute need, but the Chiefs can. (laughs) Like they can run the ball. That's the, that's the part about it is this is, this is Spencer Ware and company. Like and, and and we're like, hey man, it just ain't good, man. It's just a change of pace. They can run the football. Like the Jets have a really good defense, and they ran it up and down their throats in that game. When the Jets knew they were gonna run, they ran it down their throats with Pacheco. And the debt, the Denver Broncos gave up 750 yards rushing in a three-week span leading into that game against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs were like, nah. And I just, that's my thing is, it'd be one thing if that just wasn't something the Chiefs were good at. They can run. They can run the football. <laughs> like, they're good at it. So do it. Like, at that that part, like, I, I expect to see, I expect to see that. There is no reason that, if, I think if Isaiah Pacheco gets 15 to 20 carries, he's rushing for 100 yards. Yeah, I I agree with you. And if there's a defense that will allow that to happen, it's this one, dude. Because as we talked about the last time around, whatever it is that you want to do against the Broncos, you can pretty much do it. Now, last week, it was a weird game against the Packers because the Packers forgot how to play football and they didn't really establish a whole lot of anything. But basically, everybody else that's played against them so far this year, yeah, man, 
Just go but ahead even, and go out there, roll the ball out, and you figure out what you want to do, and you'll do it. But even with that, with the Packers, they still rushed for over 130 yards yeah. in the game. <laughs> and they weren't trying, and they still rushed for over 130 yards. I just that 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 part just frustrates me, and that that they got to get that rolling. 